What's going on, everyone? Welcome on in to another edition of the Cleveland Browns Report. Live showtime, Matthew Peterson here hanging out with you guys, answering any questions you have, running through our Week 13 preview against the LA Rams, and of course, wrapping up all of the latest news and rumors on DTR, Joe Flacco. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about here because this team, sometimes I, th sometimes I think, what do Jags fans talk about? Like, I have no idea. That's a good question. Like, I feel like we always have things to talk about, and I'm sure they do too, but also... What, what about the Chargers? Like, what do they No, talk the Chargers about? talk about Brandon Staley right now. Uh, that, that's that's true, for that's sure. True. That's but, true. like, what, what do Jags fans wake up talking? What does Jags morning radio sound like, you think? It's like, well, we don't suck anymore. Yeah, like, that's got to happen. Yay, we don't exactly. suck again. All right, well, enough about the Jags. Um, we are going to talk about a lot of things. The Rams game on Sunday, some injury updates and whatnot, some roster moves being made. But shout out your city for me in the chat right now. We already have 85 people watching right now. So as I like to say, while everyone gets the notification, they file on in. We all know that person who's a thing or two, who's a, you know late to a movie or two or something like that. So this is an opportunity for those who are not uh, very punctual to get in right now. In the meantime, shout out your city. I've got Will Martin tuning in from Orlando. Josh is watching from Michigan. Patel is in Cleveland, Louisville, Ohio, Raleigh, North Carolina. Tyman is in the Buckeye State. I've got Sawyer's Aviation in Springfield, Missouri. Tim Green is in the house. Tim, your son, I think, or yeah, it would be son or grandson. I don't quite know if you're Tim Green the first, the second. But Tim Green III told me that you guys got the Denzel Ward helmet, and hopefully by now you have the signed Big Ben picture because that was mailed, what's today, Tuesday? That was mailed last Monday. So fingers crossed you have that by now. Uh, old man Tim. Okay. Uh, Terrell Wood is tuning in from Iowa. Darnell Johnson's watching from Cleveland. I've got Geneva in the house. Um, Jacob Kistner is in Toledo as always. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. Bob is in Pensacola, Florida. Virginia Beach from Jason Dunlap. Youngstown, Ohio. Jacob got his crying Big Ben photo yesterday. We've got all sorts of places in Ohio being represented as Danielle is in the Buckeye State as well. Roberts in Cleveland. We had the Philippines. Chris Allen's watching from Denver. Chris, did you go to the game? And if so, I I'm sorry. There's nothing worse I have to imagine then if you live outside of home base, right, wherever your NFL team is, and your squad, in this case the Browns, come to where you live, whether it's like Denver, L.A., Seattle, and you watch them lose, and you've waited maybe like four years, three or four years oh, for no them doubt. to come, that is nightmare fuel. Only, only thing that might be worse is when you, like, travel to a team, and you're like, I'm going to go watch my team take on yes. this team. At, or like, I'm going to watch the, the Browns go take on the Bengals, or I'm going to go watch them take on the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Exactly. And then they lose, like, not that they lose to Pittsburgh, but still. Uh-huh. Uh, we got AFX Apocalypse celebrating a birthday soon, and he's ready to get drafted. So we'll see you in World War III. Um, we've got Grand Junction, Colorado, out on the west side from Ron, and then Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. While you guys get your cities in the chat, I do want to take 60 seconds of your time to, what's that? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, here we go. Let's tell everyone about a brand new sponsor, which is Factor. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. 
Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tracking all your holiday to-dos. If you're too busy with holiday plans to cook or but you want to make sure you're eating well, well, with Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the, sh- and the chopping, the prepping, and the cleaning up as well while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is eat and enjoy. Head to factormeals.com slash brownchat 50 and use code Browns Chat 50 to get 50% off. That's code Browns Chat 50 at factormeals.com slash Browns Chat 50 to get 50% off. That information is in the comments and description of today's video. Now, I want to ask you guys this question Is Sunday a must win game? I think that I have a major in knowing when you have must-win games on your schedule. At 7-4, and I don't think Week 13 is must-win. Like, if you were to fall to 7-5, and if we're being honest here, the season's not done, okay? You could still go out and win two more games and finish 9-8, and and 9 wins has gotten a lot of teams the 7th seed in the playoffs. So, I don't think this is a must-win game, but if you feel like, hey... On the road, if you can steal one against the Rams, who are playing better as of late. But if you want to start the Joe Flacco era on the right foot, you should do it with a win. Maybe you can make that argument. See, it's also an NFC opponent. So it's not like this law. If you lose to the Rams, it's going to be that detrimental. That's a great point that Trace raises. When we get into the tiebreakers, first off, it's head-to-head. Now, Denver's got some head-to-heads. They have it over the Colts, for example. But they don't have it over Denver. And they play the Texans coming up. And if they lose that game, they're not going to have that head-to-head. Okay? But after head-to-head, it's divisional matchup. If you're competing for the number one spot in your own division. Like divisional record. Or divisional matchup, then divisional record. And then after that, it's record within the AFC. So it's much more important to win AFC games than NFC games if you're looking for deep tiebreakers. So... Malcolm Peterson says no. Chris Allen says no. Daniel Gavorsky says yes. Josh Lynch says yes. Oren says no. Tyman says yes. Wes Martin says yes. I, I don't think it is a must-win game. I don't think the Browns are dead. Stick a fork in them if they lose on Sunday. It'll be obviously disappointing to come away from the road trip 0-2, but it is that, a road trip, right? And so those are going to be naturally tougher games. And you come back to play two straight home games after that. So I don't think the season is done if they do end up losing on Sunday. But you're not going to play a lot of sub-500 teams moving forward, right? You come back home and play the Jags. And then you've got the Texans later on. So you've only got five games after that, two of which are currently above 500. We'll see how the rest of the schedule shakes out. Who knows what the Bengals are going to be at the end of the year. But when you're playing a 5-6 and six team and you're a 7-4 and four team, you would think you should be able to take care of business. Joshua Miller with a $5 super chat. Let's go, Josh. QBs have 10 touchdowns to 17 turnovers, and the team has 21 touchdowns to 23 turnovers. I don't think the QB play could get much worse, so go with Flacco and see what he's got. I mean, Josh is breaking out the numbers. 
And you can't, you can't argue stats. The quarterback play has been atrocious, which is kind of funny because you'd think with that bad quarterback play, the Browns would be 4-7, and seven, right? But no, they are the opposite of that. And I think that's a big testament to this coaching staff. Now, we know some people have strong feelings about Kevin Stefanski, and I truly do believe that those that just want to see Stefanski fail so that they can be proven right are just so conditioned as Browns fans to hate the head coach because so many previous head coaches have been disasters. I'm here to say that's not the norm. Like the rest of the NFL world likes their coach when they have a good coach. So don't feel like you have to just constantly be mad at the coach. Brown's got a good coach here. Look at the numbers Josh just pointed out. Like if you're going to overcome those obstacles, which are big obstacles, 10 touchdowns to 17 turnovers, you got to be pressing some other good buttons to keep yourself in game. So that's all I'm going to say on that front there. Josh, I appreciate the super chat. All right, before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's show, predict the score for me. Browns versus Rams. Let me know down below in the comment section what your score predictions are. Um, looking for the first one as we have Joshua Miller. Sort of going 1-1 one one would feel a lot better than going 0-2 on the road trip. That is true. There is uh, no question about it. 1-1, one one, I can confirm, would be better than 0-2. Cool dude, JT, 17-10 Rams. Chris Allen says Browns 24-10. Josh is taking the Browns 24 to 17. Tim Green having Cleveland win 20 to 16. That Jeep guy 27 to 15 Browns. Darnell Johnson 24 10 Brownies. Malcolm Peterson Browns 24 Rams 20. Every time I see Malcolm Peterson in the chat, I think it's me. Dude, I swear I was like Ma Malcolm Matthew Peterson. It's, yeah, it's the same person. The same first two letters. Uh, good last name though, dude. Uh, Oren Smith. By the way. For all of us that were brave enough to watch Monday Night Football last night, how about Adrian Peterson doing like the Vikings? Ooh, the little the, 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 the horn. horn. Yeah, AP is a Vikings legend. Let's not forget that the Vikings also suspended him. Yeah, I, I kind of thought maybe that would lead to a little bit of bad. Maybe, maybe somebody would have said something, but like I, I figure maybe like AP would be like you guys suspended me. Don't you remember that? Yeah. So I don't know, Joe. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe he felt bad. Josh Dobbs, like they had Josh Dobbs going. So he's like, nah, I'll go and. Josh, it's Mexican dinner tonight. For me, it's trivia night, which means I have leftovers. I still have some Thanksgiving leftovers. I was gonna say you still got leftovers. I still this have week? some Thanksgiving leftovers, and I got factor meals. They sent me a whole box of them. Do we get our factor in? Uh, yeah, I got mine. Oh, I haven't gotten mine. Yet. You should go. You should go check the mail. Um, okay, so. We have a mailbag coming up at the end of the show. Get those questions in right now. Hashtag Browns. Or if you want to be a superstar like Josh, you're more than welcome to Super Chat if you can. And we throw it on screen for everyone to see. You get to jump the line. And if you want to support the show, it's a great way to do so. So, Josh, you're awesome. Thank you so much. But coming up on today's show, the latest news and rumors. A Browns-Rams preview. And like I just said, a mailbag. Hashtag Browns. Somewhere in your question in the live chat, or you can super chat, and it cuts the line, and it goes all the way to the top. Okay, are we ready to jump into the show? Time Man was getting on my case about us starting late today. I had to run to the bathroom, and then I just needed a new cup of water. Yeah, three minutes late isn't all that bad. I know, which is kind of funny, because like I come in, and I know my show's at 4 p.m. Yeah. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. And no matter how hard I work throughout the day, I feel like I always come like one or two it's minutes It's always 4.03. Like 4 if I just came in four minutes earlier this morning, 
It would have been hunky-dory. <laughs> right, here we go. Let's jump into a live Cleveland Browns report. We've got a news and rumors-filled show to get to on this edition of the Cleveland Browns report. But help us out. We are closing in on 29,000 subscribers, 144 away. My Christmas wish is to get to 30,000, but we got to get to 29K first. So if you have not joined the channel yet, go ahead and do so. Let's start today's show off with some roster moves being made by the Browns as they themselves announced. We have signed running back John Kelly to the practice squad. Now you might be thinking, wasn't he on the practice squad? He was released from the practice squad like two weeks ago when they added Joe Flacco, and then they moved on from Kenyon Drake. So not quite sure what Kenyon Drake did to make them reverse their decision from two weeks ago when they could have dropped Drake and kept John Kelly, but uh, the former Tennessee volunteer is back on the practice squad. They also um, released Thomas Graham from injured reserve. He was a really good nickel corner, and then he got injured and put on IR before the season started, so they reach an injury settlement from him, and he can go out and play wherever he wants to. But on today's show, is it Joe Flacco time? Let's really get into the nuts and bolts of today's show, because unfortunately, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is still in concussion protocol, and concussion protocol is not something that you can just skip through. Like This is not 2009 anymore. This is not the league. It's a very serious protocol. I'm rewatching the league, by the way, so be prepared for a lot of league references. Uh, but DTR is still in concussion protocol, and to me it just seems, dare I say, unlikely that he's going to be available on Sunday. I mean, let's say he does clear concussion protocol, which, by the way, I should add, being in concussion protocol does not mean you have a concussion. It means they want to test you for a concussion, right? Now, if you're still in concussion protocol a few days after the game, then I would say you probably have a concussion. Otherwise, you would have tested out of it. But for now, DTR in concussion protocol. And if you can't practice this week, I would sense a change at quarterback. To me, it just seems like he has not earned a spot where he can skip practice all week and be ready to roll on Sunday against Aaron Donald and the LA Rams. But DTR so far over the last two weeks, I don't think he's been as bad as maybe some people sort of made him out to be after the first Steelers game. Like, I remember going on Twitter after the Steelers win and seeing everyone say, well, it's time for Joe Flacco. I don't know. I think DTR has made good throws with the ball. Now, they've asked him to throw it more than I thought they would, 24 for 43 in his first game. I guess the second game, but you know what I'm saying, against the Steelers. Uh, and then this past game, when he played three quarters and change against the Broncos, 14 for 29, 134 yards and one touchdown. I mean, let's look at DTR's passing chart for a moment here. Let's see where he is putting the football. And this is week 11 against Pittsburgh. And you can see there's no pass really beyond 15 yards. Now let's jump forward to his second start under, you know, this new era of the 2023 Cleveland Browns. And first off, like if you want to notice the difference, look at Dorian Thompson-Robinson's passing chart and then go look at Justin Fields'. I mean, Kevin Stefanski, with his rookie quarterback, is showing him way more trust than Fields has in Chicago right now for throwing the ball more than a few yards down the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, go back to the old one really quickly, Trace. I'm sorry, I'm making you do a lot of work. But just look at the old one for a moment, and then look at the new one, okay? Look at the old one, and voila. Look how close it is to the line of scrimmage. And now look at what he did in Denver, okay? Three, two, one. Look at all the dots just move down screen. 
So you are seeing something here, and that is Stefanski opening up a little bit more of the playbook, and it really felt like DTR might be on a path to play some really good football for the Browns the rest of the season. DTR, like I said, has not looked as bad as some may come out to be. Now, I am not in the business of experimenting with Dorian Thompson-Robinson when you've got the number one defense in the NFL and a team that has seven wins and is well on, way, on their way to make the playoffs. But if Dorian Thompson-Robinson can prove to be a consistent quarterback that can help you win football games, you don't rock the boat that's already rocking right now. I mean, this boat's going through the Drake's Passage again and again and again and again. So if you've got something with DTR, you should stick with him. And it looked like the Browns were really building off of the Steelers game last week in Denver. But unfortunately, Stefanski kind of panicked and went away from the ground game. And then the injury happened and it felt like all that went down the shitter. To me, it seems like DTR is a long shot to clear concussion protocol. I don't say this with any knowledge. I don't have any sources right now in uh, Southern California telling me this. But if he misses practice this week, he should not start. It should be Joe Flacco. If there is a guy on this team that's ready to start at a moment's notice, it's probably the longtime vet who knows how to play in an how to play in a, how to play in an NFL game on short notice, right? It's the guy who can pick up a playbook and get himself up to speed a lot quicker for this week's game plan. And in my eyes, that would be Joe Flacco, the vet over DTR, if he can't practice all week long. And we're going to add more to this in just a moment, so stick around. But really quickly, this holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save the time eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tracking all your holidays to-dos. So skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays with Factor. Choose from 35-plus weekly, uh, weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all delivered right to your door and ready to eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash brownschat.com and use code BROWNSCHAT50 to get 50% off. That's right. BROWNSCHAT50 is the code at factormeals.com slash BROWNSCHAT50 to get 50% off your order. All that information is in the comments and description of today's video. As I was just saying, though, I don't think it's a good idea for DTR to start if he cannot practice this week. If he clears concussion protocol on Saturday, I would still roll with Joe Flacco because the Rams defense did not get off to a phenomenal start, but it didn't get off to a disastrous start. I know that the record indicated, oh, must be an all-systems failure. They were giving up 21 points a game. Third down percentage was not egregious, but look at what they've done over the last two weeks. I mean, 15 points a lot. They're giving up a touchdown less. Yards dramatically down. Third down percentage on conversions down. They've got six sacks in the last two games. They only had 19 in the first nine games, and their record is a perfect 2-0. Now, it definitely helps playing the Arizona Cardinals. That's going to probably boost morale a little bit, but still had an impressive comeback victory against the frauds that are the Seattle Seahawks. Now, 
Scott Petrak added this two days ago saying, or yesterday, Browns coach Kevin Stefanski on QB decision. We'll let the week and DTR's concussion protocol play out. No decision on who will start Sunday versus the Rams, said Joe Flacco, TJ Walker as options if DTR doesn't clear protocol in time. So let's have a different conversation now. If Dorian Thompson-Robinson is not available, I think naturally we're all just assuming it'll be Joe Flacco. And I want it on the record right now. It better be Joe Flacco over P.J. Walker. Like Look at, look at the numbers from P.J. Walker this year, okay? One touchdown to five interceptions. He's been turnover prone. He has given us some great moments, some great fourth quarter drives against the Colts and against the 49ers. But no, I, I would not roll with P.J. Walker if I have the choice over Joe Flacco. We know what Joe Flacco is capable of. We know he's got an absolute cannon of an arm. Now, maybe we see some college football and we see a little bit of a 2QB system, which that just never works out anyway. But maybe they see Flacco come in for some big, deep shots and P.J. Walker's got a bigger playbook so they, they can run more consistent plays that they've run all season long. But I would take Joe Flacco over P.J. Walker every single day of the week. Why? For starters, this team is not winning playoff games with P.J. Walker. They're not. Like, I, I hate to burst your bubble. Maybe they could squeak by one week, and that would be awesome. Don't get me wrong. But no, we have seen some, we have seen some teams get into the playoffs and then roll with random quarterbacks. And you might not remember them, but like they exist. I remember the Vikings did against the Packers like almost 10 years ago now. And Joe Webb was the quarterback. That was a disaster. How about all the times the Texans started random guys like the Yates of hell with TJ Yates? I mean, it just, it, it sounds fun and not even all that fun going into it. And then it's just a forgotten memory half a decade later. Whereas Joe Flacco gives you a much better chance of winning playoff games. Now, I understand we're just talking about the Rams game here. But if you're going to be a serious playoff contender, you should kickstart the Joe Flacco reign now if you do end up going that direction whereas if you roll with pj walker and you end up losing well now you got yourself a loss you're not anywhere closer to joe flacco getting some more reps and getting some real well, some practice and getting up to speed for the postseason if he ends up being the playoff quarterback i just don't see a lot to gain long term or really even short term with pj walker whereas flacco he might be the guy that is your starter in the playoffs if he does perform well on Sunday. So I'd rather kickstart the Joe Flacco experience sooner rather than later so that if he does end up starting in week, you know, wild card weekend, he's not making his second start as a Browns quarterback. He's making his fourth or his fifth or maybe even his sixth start as a Browns quarterback. So pick a quarterback for me, Joe Flacco or P.J. Walker. I think this should be a slam dunk Joe Flacco. So I'm typing 15. That's his jersey number, by the way. But if you want to roll with a guy who's been here for longer, I, I, I can see the uh, lure of like, no, Flacco's been here for two weeks. He doesn't know the playbook. Guys, Flacco's been in the NFL for a long time. I think by now he knows how to pick up a playbook quickly. So even if it is a limited playbook, we saw Baker Mayfield with the Rams last year beat the Raiders with a limited playbook. Give me the better quarterback. That is Joe Flacco. Now, before we get on out of here, I do want to show some love to our Week 12 Watch Party legends. Starting with our MVP, that was Johnny. The guy was incredible. He came in, 
He dropped $100. And then he gave the Browns Nick Chubb jersey to a Browns fan. So, Johnny, thank you for being a good sport about the whole thing. I really appreciate you, dude. All pro is Mike Dibble. I, I've just never seen the likes of it. Every single week I come up here, and every single week I give the same speech, and that is Mike Dibble continues to blow my mind with his passion, his dedication, and his execution for helping this channel and helping this team out. Dibble, you are a walking legend. Pro Bowl is Ken G. Ken G is an absolute first ballot Pro Bowl player this year. When the NFL comes out the top 100 list, Ken G better not be on the episode until it's the final one because he is one through 10 in my eyes. Ken G continues to stack great Sundays after great Sundays, and there's a lot of teach tape to be had from Ken G. My sleeper is Max T. In fact, I'll open it up to Max and Joel because these are two guys that do not mess around on Sundays. They get in early, and they stay late. They are in for the long haul. They're not tapping out if the score is not in their favor at halftime. They're not going to a pumpkin patch in October. The T-men are here for all four quarters, and they're going to be on their worst behavior the entire time. In the game ball, this one's long overdue. Kimberly Hurst. If you guys want to get some real reps in the comment section, go look at what Kimberly Hurst is doing. I mean, she is pumping out comment after comment after comment. Kimberly Hurst, absolutely a beneficiary of the game ball for her constant dedication to this channel. I cannot thank you enough, Kimberly, and I look forward to seeing you in future watch parties. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Cleveland Browns Reports. If you enjoyed our show, hit me up over on X, Twitter, whatever, at Matthew PD. I'm always talking brownies over there. Well, well, well. I was like, do I put that on the show or not? Ken G. <laughs> You can't make it up. You can't. You can't make it up. Max T's in the chat too. Oh, let's fucking go. Oh, I mean, this is an absolute party of real ones. The funny thing is, like, a little bit of a peek behind the scenes here. Like, I write the script of these shows, not what I say, but what goes on screen. In the morning, I had no idea Ken G and Max T would be hanging out with us today. Hey, well, here we are. But at the same time, kind of did because yeah. you don't you don't get to an all pro status. Without consistency. No, you are an all-pro for a reason. Yeah. The best ability is availability. Ken G, got to go with the vet QB. I would take Joe Flacco as well, Ken. Thank you so much, as always, for your support, dude. And now Jacob Kistner, a man who needs no introductions. I thought the defense was supposed to travel. Browns at home giving up 10.2 points per game. Browns defense on the road giving up 29.6 points per game. Um... I hear what you're saying, Jacob, and yes, there is definitely a difference in the Browns' defense at home and on the road. I, I will lower, and maybe, Jacob, you took this into account. I'm going to push back on the 29 because the Browns' defense in Pittsburgh only gave up, excuse me, I think 12 points. Like, there were two. Pittsburgh scored 14 points off of the pick six and the scoop, scoop and score. So the defense only gave up 12 on the road. And they did not give up all 27 points against the Broncos. or a safety, two points, so 25. But that does not drastically change Jacob's point, and that is the Browns' defense on the road has been worse than at home. And, I mean, there is something, too. It's not the Browns' defense is better at home. I think it's opposing offenses are worse on the road than at home, right? It's tough for an opposing offense to come into the dog pound off the shores of Lake Erie and play their best ball with a bunch of barking Buckeyes all around them. Whereas when you go to Denver, when you go on the road, you don't have those barking Buckeyes, and it's a little bit easier for the offense. But yes, I do agree that's probably too big 
of a difference. I would not expect it to be, you know, perfectly identical on the road and on the home. But Browns defense definitely needs to improve away from Cleveland. Jacob, great point, though. All right, make sure you get those questions in. Hashtag Browns or Super Chat. We're going to have all those Super Chats on our mailbag. So if you want to guarantee a spot on the mailbag, you can Super Chat your way onto the screen. Now, we do have a preview coming up for Week 13 between Cleveland and the Rams after I drink my water. All right, Jacob, I see your comment. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I agree that, like, you, your mind is in the right place. It, it might not be 29 points on the road, but still, even if it goes from 10 to 20, like, that's still a double. So that's too big of a jump, without a doubt, Jacob. Uh, Max T is here. That's awesome. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Shout out to Browns fans. Can't write it. Can't make it up. Can't make it up. Um, all right, let's... Um, Let's talk brownies. Let's talk brownies and Rams. Are we ready? We're going to jump into a week 13 preview between the Browns and the Rams. We're going to get you guys familiar with these two teams, and then I'm going to run through my keys to victory. Now, I don't have any injury news because I am recording this during our live show, which airs every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. So for now, we're just going to roll with what we know, and that is... Browns offense is going to be going up against a Rams defense that overall the season has given up 21 points per game. But over the last two weeks, that number has gone down to 15, six points less in their two-game winning streak. So this Rams defense is getting healthy and it's getting better for sure. Whereas the Browns offense is averaging 21 points per game. Third down is not great at 31.3. Red zone is a little bit above league average, but not ideal. And we're going to talk more about the red zone later on. As for the Rams offense, they prepare for a Browns defense giving up 19 points a game, 247 yards, the best in the NFL. Third down percentage, the best in the NFL. But their Achilles heel has been the red zone defense. Bottom 10 in the NFL, giving up touchdowns. 61.5% of the time. 16 takeaways compared to the Rams' 12 turnovers. So who do you got in this game? Browns or Rams? Before we jump into my keys to victory, I always love hearing from you guys. Be honest with me. It's always fun to take the Browns, but let me know your honest opinion down below in the comment section. Now, my five keys to victory. Key number one, stops in the red zone. This is what I was hinting at just a few moments ago. Let's take a deeper look at the red zone numbers for a second. The Browns defense giving up touchdowns 61.5% of the time. That's 24th in the NFL. The Rams offense scoring 61.3% of the time. That's top 10. So this is an oil-meet-water situation, right? The Rams offense scoring, or I guess the opposite of oil-meeting water. This is oil-meeting-fire. Uh, Rams offense scoring in the red zone top 10, and the Browns defense bottom 10 in the red zone. Now, unfortunately, I've got some good news. I got some bad. I got some bad news. I got some good news. Let's start with the bad news first. Everyone likes bad news first. The Rams' last eight of their nine touchdowns have all come inside the red zone. So they have gotten really good at the red zone over the last couple of weeks. But the Rams have only scored four touchdowns outside the red zone this year. So what does this tell me? Well, the Browns' defense does not give up a lot of red zone trips very often, right? They have given up the fewest amount of yards in the NFL. So if the Browns are able to keep the Rams outside of the red zone, I think Cleveland's got a really good chance of winning this game. 
But if the Rams are able to penetrate the Browns' red zone and get themselves near the goal line, well, their last nine touchdowns, eight of them have been in the red zone. So clearly L.A. has found some good play calling and some good recipes when it comes to goal line plays. And the Browns' defense has not had a lot of great stops at the goal line. So it's vital for the Browns to keep L.A. out of the red zone. The red zone, in my eyes, will decide this game. If the Browns can keep the Browns, if the Browns can keep the Rams outside of Cleveland's 20-yard line, then LA is going to be settling for a lot of field goals or some punts, and the Browns' offense is going to have a chance to go step for step with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. However, if the Rams are able to get down to Cleveland's 15 and 10-yard line, we've seen a lot of drives end in touchdowns for opposing offenses in the Browns' red zone, and that might be too much to overcome. The Browns can match field goals with backup quarterback play. Matching touchdowns is a different thing, so it's going to be vital, not for the Browns' defense to have good red zone defense. That ship might have sailed. It'll be vital for Cleveland to keep the Rams out of the red zone. Second key to victory, run the football. I know it is something we all scream at our TVs, but this week of all weeks, it's probably the most important week for the Browns to really committing, commit to running the football. I mean, you can look at the numbers from Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. By the way, Jerome Ford leads all AFC North running backs in rushing yards. He wasn't a first-round pick, but someone in Pittsburgh was. Um, listen, whether it's Joe Flacco or Dorian Thompson-Robinson coming off of concussion protocol, asking either one of those quarterbacks to throw the football 40 times is not a good recipe. It's just not a good idea. Now, I understand that sometimes the game might get away from you a little bit, and you've got to throw to get back in the game. But at some point, Stefanski has to have a little birdie in his head go, hey, dude, it's the fourth quarter, and you're only down one score. Don't panic and ask DTR to throw it on first, second, and third down. Keep yourself ahead of schedule. Go from first and ten to second and five. From second and five to a first down or third and one. But what you don't want to have happen is go from first and 10 to second and 10 to third and 10. So don't ditch the round game. Even if you fall behind a little bit, and that's probably Stefanski's biggest Achilles heel, is that if he falls behind, I think he feels the need to just ditch the game plan. Don't ditch the game plan. You're down five in the fourth quarter. Stick to the game plan. The game plan is working. You want to know what the game plan is when you have a backup quarterback? It's stay in the game in the fourth quarter. Keep yourself alive. That's the name of the game when you have a backup quarterback in. And you are doing that when you're down five points like they were in Denver in the fourth quarter. Don't panic, Kevin. You're doing a great job with this team at 7-4, and four, starting three different quarterbacks so far, and probably four after Joe Flacco. Don't panic. Now, today's show, well, our awesome new sponsor, Factor, has an awesome deal for the Dog Pound because this holiday season – you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tracking all your holiday to-dos. So looking for special occasion meals during the holidays? Level up with the Gourmet Plus option. Pre prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. 
Enjoy premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Head to factormeals.com slash brownschat50 and use code brownschat50 to get 50% off. That's right. Code brownschat50 at factormeals.com slash brownschat50 to get 50% off. All that information is in the comments and description of today's video. Third key to victory, Cedric Tillman needs to step up. We saw the most from number 19 in week 12 against the Broncos than we had seen all season long. He had four grabs for 55 yards in the week 12 loss against the Broncos, but we got to see more out of Cedric Tillman because Amari Cooper, I'm going to say it right now, I don't think he's going to be 100%. The guy's an Iron Man. Go look at his history. He rarely ever misses games. I mean, he basically hadn't missed any games uh, for most of his career outside of a you know, COVID issue back in 2020 or 2021. But Amari Cooper is likely not going to be at 100% with a rib injury. So someone else is going to need to step up. And if Dorian Thompson-Robinson ends up being the quarterback, well, he's starting to develop a nice connection with his former high school QB or high school wide receiver, Cedric Tillman. So I want to see Tillman build off of that game, not just tap out. I just be like, all right, I had my one good game this year. See you all next year. No, let's build off of that Tillman and let's improve and let's become a consistent go-to target down the stretch. Fourth key to victory is a Darius Smith game. So you might notice a trend with these last two keys to victory, but I'm also going to shoot my shot right now and say this. Miles Garrett is probably not going to be at 100%. This is the classic hurt versus injured, and I bet Garrett's more injured than hurt in this case, but the guy's a warrior, and my guess is the conversation went something like this. Miles, do I need surgery? Doctors, well, no. Okay, I'm playing. And that was the end of it. Like, as long as Miles Garrett does not require surgery, he's probably going to be out there with the rest of his team. So if Miles Garrett is going to be less than 100% for this week and probably the next week and maybe another week after that as he gets you know back towards 100%, someone else is going to have to step up in his place. And that's why I am signaling out Zadarius Smith. He's the next highest paid defensive end on this team, and he's put up some really good moments in his Browns career so far. I know three sacks is not jump off the screen, but he's had a lot of pressures. I mean, remember the first play of the game on the first, yeah, first play of the season? Joe Burrow pressured incomplete pass. Like he's been getting to the quarterback all season long. Now he just needs to translate those pressures and those hits and whatnot and those hurries into sacks. Fifth key to victory. And this one, it's a little bit of a captain obvious, but I think it's especially true for the Browns. Get healthy. And as I film this right now, I'm not quite sure the availability of DTR and Miles Garrett and the rest of the crew, but it's simple. The Browns need to get healthy. And this is something that's not necessarily completely in their control, but they have had a lot of key players miss a lot of time. Like Deshaun Watson basically missed six games if you remove 12 snaps against the Colts. Nick Chubb, Jack Conklin lost for the season within the first six quarters of the season. Jed Wills has missed, his, has missed three games, and he's going to miss his fourth in L.A. Dewan Jones has Basically missed one and a half games because half the time he was coming in playing just on third down. Joel Petonio ended his Ironman streak. Anthony Walker's dealing with a hamstring injury. Denzel Ward missed his first game of the year. Greg Newsom 
has missed two games. Like, these are really important starters missing a lot of games. The Browns got to get healthy. At a certain point, you're just going to run out of steam. Like, the next man up mentality and the perseverance, you can run with that for a while. I don't know if you can run with that for 17 games. And that sucks, and it's unfair, and it's just unlucky, and it happens to every single team at some point. And every year, there is one team that gets completely derailed by injuries. And we can sit around and feel sorry for ourselves, thinking how great this Browns team would be if they had Deshaun Watson or Nick Chubb, just one of those two. I mean, think about it. If they didn't have Watson, but they had Chubb, well, they've got a clear identity, run the football. But they don't have Chubb. And so because they don't have Chubb, it should be lean on Watson. They don't have Watson. Now they really got to start from ground zero and just work with what they have. But no one's throwing them a pity party. So it's going to be up to this locker room to get themselves ready each Sunday, but they got to get healthy. That is step number one for this team. All right, predict the score for me, Browns versus Rams, down below in the comment section. I'm going to give you my score prediction in just a moment, but give me your score prediction down below. This one is not going to be a popular opinion, but I am predicting the Rams win. Now, come Sunday, I'll probably change my mind. But as I film right now, I'm looking at a Rams team that has won two in a row. They are getting healthy, right? They are getting guys back. The Browns, in the meantime, they're in the opposite spot. They are losing guys, right? Every single game that happens, they just add more players to the injury report. So with one team playing well and getting healthy and the other team coming off a bad loss and the turnovers are still crippling this team and they're still dealing with injuries, I, I can't really in good faith say that the Browns are definitively going to win this game. So roast me, I'm sorry, but I am taking the Rams in this one. All right, predict the score for me, Browns versus Rams. Let me know. Hi, man. I'm sorry, dude. Like, would you would you guys want me to pick the Browns every single week? I feel like I got I, I By the way, I feel like I've picked the Browns every fucking week. This is probably the first time I've not picked the there, Browns. There's a certain extent of you have you want to pick the Browns, but you also have to be realistic. You yeah. also have to be honest. You know? Like, how about this? Had I picked the Broncos last week, which I low-key wanted to do because they were winning a, they were on a four-game winning streak and Cleveland was going on the road. And Denver won. Like, I'm not going to get a victory lap about being yeah. right. But I feel like after the game, you're like, all right, well, at least Petey's being honest with us and he's accurate. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here we go. We got a mailbag coming up next. Ask your questions right now. Hashtag Browns or Super Chat. If you Super Chat, we guarantee your question gets on screen. If you go the hashtag Browns route, you're just at the mercy of producer Trace picking his favorite question. So we're going to start the show off with a couple of super chats we got, and then we're going to jump into whatever questions you guys have. Hashtag Browns or Super Chat. Do we need some more questions? Shout out to Joshua Miller for asking pretty much every question we have in our mailbag. But love you, Josh. We want to get the other people and the other Browns fans involved as well. So we're going to pop up a few of yours, but we got uh, – I don't know if we're going to put the – Petey's Christmas list in there, outside of the 30,000 subs. <laughs> Petey's Christmas list? Yeah, he asks, Petey, what's on your Christmas list this, this year? Hashtag Browns. Um, I kind of want, I, I'm, a, I'm a slut for jerseys. 
For what? For jerseys. Oh, dude. Jersey. Like last year, I got the Nick Chubb like throwback jersey. That's tough. So I've got a home jersey, a throwback jersey. I want a road jersey. I want a Denzel yeah. Ward road jersey. That would be sick. You know why? Because when corners play great on the road, like a pick six on the road is that a silences crowds. Like you guys are in for a long day. Like that, Denzel Ward in Cincinnati mm, hits different. JJ Ortega Whiteside. Hey, effects. What are we doing, dude? Uh, all right, get those questions in. Hashtag Browns down below in the comment section. It can be about this week's upcoming game. It can be about anything under the sun, really. So get those questions in. Hashtag Browns down below in the comment section. We need a couple more questions to get this plane off the ground here. I appreciate Joshua Miller being the MVP of the mailbag. Josh is just a curious guy. He's just got a lot of questions on his mind. And you know what? He is taking advantage of the live chat section. Oren Smith has a question in there. Christopher. We got AFX Apocalypse asking a question. Christopher, that's a good comment. You should just copy and paste that comment and add hashtag Browns behind it. Hashtag, hashtag Browns. Hashtag Browns. Um, Ken G, if we can keep the Rams close, it's a win. Oh, I see. Okay. If the Browns can keep the game close, they will win the game. I'm not in the business of, like, handing out, you know, victory, uh, you know, um, handing out good losses. Like, a loss is a loss. All right, keep getting those questions in. Hashtag Browns right now. Um, all right, let's let's jump into the show. I think I was, about, I was about to say it all over again, but I already said it. Yeah. Mailbag time here on the Cleveland Browns Report. First question coming in via Super Chat from our live show on Tuesday. Joshua Miller asking, QBs have 10, or saying, QBs have 10 touchdowns to 17 turnovers, and the team has 21 touchdowns to 23 turnovers. I don't think the QB play could get much worse, so go with Flacco and see what he's got. Well, like I said, we're filming on Tuesday, so by the time you're watching this, you might already know who's the starting quarterback, but this is a good just statement altogether. The Browns quarterback room has not produced great numbers top to bottom. I mean, 10 touchdowns to 17 turnovers. Deshaun Watson was definitely getting into a groove right before his injury. Both times, unfortunately, which is just terrible timing, and it sucks, and it's just really unlucky. But you're right, Josh. The quarterback room has to pick it up, and I think this is a bigger testament that Kevin Stefanski is coaching out of his mind right now. I mean, most of the coaches with these types of numbers would be 4-7, and seven, not 7-4. and four. So I think there is just a, and this is me just going on my diatribe right now, there is just a faction of the fan base that has been taught rounds, I mean, bad coaches. Hate bad coach. When you've got a good coach, you don't have to hate him. And the Browns are 7-4 and four right now. They do not have a bad coach. Jacob Kistner next one up. I thought the defense was supposed to travel. Browns at home giving up 10.2 points per game. Browns defense on the road giving up 29.6 points per game. I, th I think that 29 is probably a little bit lower when you take out the scores from the opposing defenses like the Steelers game and the safety against the Broncos. But still, even if that... 29.6 goes down to like 20. That's still double the points, and that's a huge jump. I don't think this is the Browns' defense sucks on the road. I think it is opposing offenses are better at their home field compared to playing off the shores of Lake Erie with a million barking Buckeyes around them for 60 minutes. So it's definitely a big testament to how great Browns fans are at home and how hostile of an environment it is for Joe Burrow and Ryan Tannehill and Brock Purdy, who 
who ran through the Browns' defensive gauntlet early on. And unfortunately, well, when those quarterbacks are playing at home, it's a little bit easier for them not going up against the Browns' defense and the Browns' fan base. But still, there is an improvement that has to be made by the Browns' defense on the road. I think another element is, for whatever reason, the tackling on the road. I mean, like the Colts game comes to mind. Just some bad tackling altogether. That has to get cleaned up. And I'm sure Jim Schwartz could give you a much better answer as to why the defense kind of falls off on the road. But there is definitely a pattern here, Jacob. Ken G, next one up. Got to go with a veteran QB. If we're talking QBs here between Joe Flacco and P.J. Walker, if DTR cannot go and maybe this all gets dated, I would go with Joe Flacco. For starters, P.J. Walker has not been good this year. The Browns are lucky to have wins with the play that P.J. Walker has given us. So I don't think it can get any worse than P.J. Walker, so you might as well try out Joe Flacco and see what he can do. I mean, he had a great connection with Elijah Moore last year, so they can pick up where they left off, and hopefully Amari Cooper can get back to 100% soon. But yes, I would go with Joe Flacco over P.J. Walker without a doubt. But pick a QB for me, Joe Flacco or P.J. Walker. Let me know down below in the comment section if you were to pick one of these two guys, if DTR cannot play, who you would pick. Next one coming in from Joshua Miller again. Will JOK be our MVP the second half of the season? JOK played the best game of his NFL career, I would say, in the Week 12 matchup in Denver. He led the team with, I think, 12 tackles, a, a sack, a forced fumble. He was doing everything. So JOK, I don't know if I can say he'll be the second half MVP, although He's definitely trending in that way after the Broncos game. Other guys that come to mind, Miles Garrett. I mean, Miles Garrett can be the MVP of the first and the second half. He's on track to win Defensive Player of the Year in my eyes. Um, Grant Delpit had a really strong start to the year, and he has not cooled off, but I think we just gotten used to, like, yeah, Grant Delpit is a Pro Bowl caliber player. So every single week he goes out there and plays like a Pro Bowler, we just sort of get more and more used to it. But he has been phenomenal. I'll also toss in Denzel Ward if he's able to get back and stay healthy. He has played the best football of his NFL career. But Josh, I think you're on the right track of JOK as a potential sleeper for the MVP of the second half on the defensive side for sure. And well, actually, probably the offensive side too. Now, today's show was made possible thanks to our brand new awesome sponsor, Factor. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up for fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tracking all your holiday to-dos. So when you're too busy running around to plan lunch, Factor has you covered with lunch to go. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're out on the go. No microwave required. Head to factormeals.com slash brownschat50 and use code brownschat50 to get 50% off. That's code brownschat50 at factormeals.com slash brownschat50 for 50% off your order. That information is in the comments and description of today's video. AFX Apocalypse saying, get Cedric Tillman more involved. Cedric Tillman had the best game of his young NFL career against the Broncos. Four grabs, 55 yards. He was really starting to get into a rhythm 
with his rookie QB, fellow rookie, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a pair of Bishop Gorman alums. But AFX, as long as Cedric Tillman and DTR in the field, I'm optimistic that connection will continue to grow. Hopefully DTR can clear concussion protocol and the Browns can make the best decision possible at quarterback. But I am optimistic that Tillman can come on here in the second half of the year, especially with Amari Cooper playing through what I'm going to deem a probably somewhat serious rib injury. But the guy's an Ironman. He doesn't miss games. He doesn't miss snaps hardly. So hopefully Tillman can you know kick it up a notch here in the final third of the year. Kistner, what's going on, dude? What was the bigger head turn? Joe Hayden in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform or Jamal Lewis in a Browns uniform or Joe Flacco in a Browns uniform? I'm going to power rank these. Now, obviously, I'm doing this from a Browns lens. Actually, let me do it from just an, like an NFL lens. Take the bias out. I would say number one is Joe Flacco in a Browns uniform. Like, just quarterbacks get more attention. Number two, I would say, is Jamal Lewis in a Browns uniform. A 2K rusher for the Ravens, and he goes over to Cleveland. That's obviously going to piss off Ravens fans. And then I'll go with Joe Hayden in a Steelers uniform. There's no real... I don't have major bad blood towards Hayden. I wish the Browns did him better and held on to him instead of letting him walk. But it's not like Joe Hayden had a vendetta against Cleveland. So I would say those are my rankings for those three, uh, Jacob. Good question, though. Christopher, what's going on? Do you think the Browns' offensive play calling is getting too random and using too many trick plays? I feel like when you're the backup quarterback in, you do get some more trick plays and a lot of creativity. The funny thing is, is when those trick plays work, like everyone's cheering for Stefanski. Like DTR's first career touchdown pass wasn't on a trick play, but it was on a play that we had never seen before. And that was having um, Nick Harris, oh no, Jerome Ford, or running back, whether it's Ford or Hunt, I can't remember, Nick Harris and Harrison Bryant in the backfield. I think it was Kareem Hunt. Hunt, Harris, and Ford, uh, Bryant, excuse me, in the backfield. And then Bryant slipped out in front of the other two guys, wide open for a touchdown. So I do feel that maybe once or twice the fans gets a bit too cute with it. But in Stefanski's defense, he's got to get creative. Like, he's got a backup QB, and he's got to get some misdirection going. He's got to get the linebackers going one way and have the ball go the other way. If he just plays mano a mano and just our guys against your guys, when you have some mismatches and they favor the defense, as in a backup QB against veteran linebackers and veteran corners, over the course of 60 minutes, it's going to go into the veterans favor being the defense in this case so i don't necessarily hate the trick plays i think maybe there is one or two occasions where maybe he goes too far with it but i'd rather that happen than have it be a super vanilla offense and it's like the pittsburgh steelers offense and it's matt canada we're begging to get some creativity going some motion going so if the price of getting too cutesy is too cutesy with it is one or two many play calls like that so be it i'd rather have an over dramatic offense with one or two trick plays too many rather than an offense that's just like wonder bread max t what's going on dude if january joe takes us on a playoff run will you get a flacco jersey also joel is watching at a shop right now hi dad i right, got the father-son duo here max and joel thompson um joe flacco i'll tell you this much if i was in college right now without a doubt because a Joe Flacco Browns Darty jersey, it would be with Vince Carter on the Raptors. It would be with Jackie Moon on the Tropics, which I also have. I didn't have a Kaitis on the Tropics. 
Um, but no, I, I can't actually spend a hundred plus dollars of my hard-earned money on a Joe Flacco Browns jersey. I, if I could get another jersey, it would be a Denzel Ward on the road a white jersey. That would be my jersey of choice. But Max, I love the creativity. And if you're in college right now, you should absolutely get a Joe Flacco Browns jersey if January Joe takes us even to the AFC Championship game, even if he just wins one playoff game. Streets to land, Cam Newton. No. Um, Cam Newton did like list Deshaun Watson as a quarterback he'd want to be a backup for. There is um, a tough conversation that needs to be had with Cam, and that is he is no longer an NFL quarterback. It's it's sad. The injuries really got to him at the end of his time in Carolina or the end of his first stint in Carolina. But, uh, no, I am passing in Cam Newton. Cool guy, what's going on? Well, since this year is pretty much over after we go to the playoffs, next year is something to look at still. Do you think that next year we have an actual chance with no injuries hoped for? Cool guy, let me run through all 22 starters really quickly and talk about who's returning, okay? We'll start on offense. From the running back up, Nick Chubb is under contract. Now, when he's able to return, it's a different question. But Nick Chubb, as of right now, is under contract, and he will be returning. Watson, of course, Jed Wills, Teller, or Petonio, Posick, Teller, Conklin slash Juwan Jones. The Browns have a good problem on their hands. They've got three starting tackles. I don't know what they're going to do, but they got three. Wide receivers, Mari Cooper and Elijah Moore and Cedric Tillman are all under contract. Those are good starting pieces that you can still add to, okay? Defensive side of the football now. Start at the D-line. Miles Garrett is under contract. Dalvin Tomlinson is under contract. Jordan Elliott, Maurice Hurst, and Shelby Harris are all on one-year deals. Maybe the Browns bring back one of those guys, probably Elliott or Hurst, but I could still see them keeping a really... A uh, really good defensive line intact. Darius Smith is on a one-year deal. I could see the Browns looking to bring him back. They brought Clowney back for a second year. I could definitely see, see Darius Smith wanting to stay in Cleveland and play opposite of Miles Garrett. Linebackers is interesting. JOK is the only one under contract. Taki Taki, Walker on one-year deal. Maybe they run it back with Walker again. I'm not quite sure. But the linebacker room might go under a big turnover. Uh, corners, Newsom, Ward. Emerson, all under contract. Safeties, Thornhill under contract. Delpit, I wish they extended him yesterday. Grant Delpit has to be a cornerstone piece on this defense for the next four to five seasons, if not longer. So for the most part, the Browns are keeping the band together. Now what they are missing, though, is still a first-round draft pick. And so that second-round pick, if they do end up holding on to it, that might be an impact player. That might be a guy who comes in and he starts day one whether it's used at wide receiver, whether it's used at linebacker. If they end up losing Delpit in free agency, it could be a Grant Delpit replacement. But cool guy in a long-winded answer, do I think they have an actual chance? Yes. They are keeping a lot of these key pieces together. The Browns definitely went all chips in on this year, but they still have another bag of chips. Like, it's a pretty awesome poker table, right? It's a really rare poker table where it's like that movie, I can't remember what it's called, where they just keep putting all their money in, and then they go to the lady in the hotel room and ask for more money. Uh, I can't remember what that movie is called, but it's based on a real-life story in L.A. Um, but whatever, horrible movie uh, description right there. But yes, the Browns do have an actual chance. Okay, I just blundered that movie description. But someone watching right now is like, I know what he's talking about. This is the movie, and the title is just escaping me at the moment. So that's going to do it for us on today's show. Thank you so much for tuning into our mailbag. If you enjoyed our content, 
and my awful movie descriptions, consider subscribing. We're going to keep you guys informed and entertained all season long.